Hey everybody, welcome to Lando Lakers Live. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky coming to you after a Game 2 win, an exciting Game 2 win, a Game yes, 2 win was. that looked like it was going to be kind of a cakewalk there at the beginning, and then it became kind of not a cakewalk, and then it was nervous time, and then the Lakers clamped down hard uh, on the Rockets in the fourth quarter. Final score, 117 to 109. Lakers tie the series up at... Uh, at one uh, they've played two games andy each team has won one by my math that means the series one two one yeah correct me it, it was wrong. actually no i'm not i'm not going to correct you you've you've managed perfectly it. um yeah uh, it's the type of math that they can handle over at our sponsor delicious pizza when you tell yes. them the password cam brothers and you get 20 percent off they can do that math just as easily um they've got two locations hollywood west adams awesome pizza awesome food and you're not only supporting a local business, you are supporting the local business of a massive, massive Laker fan who is probably up right now just saying prayers to whatever gods that he believes in to try to get Dion Waiters through this groin, right. uh, groin strain. Uh, because uh, strain. Uh, Michael Ross, uh, the owner of uh, Delicious Pizza, also Delicious Vinyl, who provides us with our podcast music, uh, I think it's safe to say he's been... Um, Questioning us a lot, uh, trying he, to get to the bottom of the Dion Waiters uh, situation. He has, or a lot of real estate. he has a lot of real estate on Waiters. Yes, he does. Question yes, he does. He might um, have, he might have more real estate than Dion himself. It's possible. Um, so a lot to go through tonight. A lot to go through tonight. Uh, you know, big games for LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, the Lakers went small tonight, um, but more as, as much by circumstance as anything and we'll talk about that um pace was a huge thing tonight uh the the turnover battle which was lopsided in terms especially in points off turnovers andy um heavily lopsided the rockets in game one the lakers flipped it almost exactly in reverse in this one uh which which explains a lot of the win but i i i think before we even get to lebron before we get to ad and anything the lakers did defensively we have to talk about rajon rondo because yes. This was the game that, you know, the Rondo faithful, certainly the Rondo faithful um, inside the Lakers organization, because there aren't that many outside of it. Yeah, I was going um, I was going to say the, the right. Rondo faithful outside. I mean, he's, uh, got fam- he's got family. That's he's what I was friends. going to say. That's what I was going to say. It's family and closer. Basically, like the, the type of people that Rondo could have gotten away with in terms of getting inside the bubble. Like it's people that are that close. Exactly. It's pretty strict rotations. I or excuse me, it's pretty strict restrictions. Um, those are actually that's the the fan base that we're talking about in terms of the believers. So you know, you, you end up in a situation tonight where you know Rondo, after being just hammered after game one, where you know he he didn't play particularly well. And Andy, as you you know, as Frank Vogel pointed out, um Probably wouldn't have played as much as he did if Alex Caruso didn't have foul trouble. But regardless, he didn't play very well. No, and he was a negative on the floor. Comes in tonight, people are expecting the worst, and was a massive lift for the Lakers. Um, his his overall stat line: ten points, nine rebounds. He was a plus twenty eight um, in twenty eight minutes. That is hard to do. Five steals, three rebounds, only one turnover. 
he is a huge reason, probably was as, yes. as big a reason as any as they that they got the lead that they did in the first half. Um, Him and Markeith Morris, another, another surprise factor. Well, each of those, each of those Morris threes, and he had four in a row in the in the in the in the first quarter. Were I believe all four of them were assisted by Rondo, at least three. They may have been. I mean, they, I I know that the two of them were playing really well off each other. I don't remember off the top of my head the exact sequences uh, of Markeith's threes. But either way, I mean, both of them provided not just a big lift for the Lakers, but a big lift that I think if you asked people internally, again, the, the Rondo faithful, were you expecting this type of production from either one of them? The answer would have been no, because you could not possibly have believed that was coming. But that was a massive X factor for the Lakers in this game. Yeah, um, so... I mean, it, it, in the third quarter, when he when he, when he came, it it changed a little bit, and he played down the stretch, and he was part of what the Lakers did well. I mean, you can't. It, it is unfair, as much as some fans would want to, to like point out the times when he's not doing well, and like ignore the, where he is on the floor when things are going well, whether it's because of him or not because of him. The point isn't is Rondo the reason? Is it's also too is he hurting anything when he's out there? And clearly, twenty eight. Uh, when you're plus 28 in 28 minutes, the answer is no, you're not hurting no, anything. No, Rondo was uh, a net positive in this game. There is absolutely no way around Figuratively, that. literally. Um, so I, I think, you know, that third quarter, we started to see some of the problems. The defensive uh, did some weird things defensively. Some of the choices in terms of the, the shooting um, weren't good. I mean, he was being left wide open and kind of putting up early clock threes that weren't – nobody liked them. And so what I think, and it was sort of a theme, I thought, of this game that will play out for the rest of the series. There was a lot of stuff where you could see exactly how the Lakers could win, you know, can and I think eventually will win this series. But you could also see some of the traps that they could fall into, um, even on a night like Ferrando where he was totally spectacular um, in terms of, you know, his impact. There were still those moments where you could see where it would go wrong. And so I, it was a... Uh, it, to me, it just, it, and we'll get to this later, ties into how fascinating this series is. But let's let's talk about what did you what did you see from Rondo specifically that was helping so much tonight? I mean, the the playmaking. I mean, say what you will about Rondo in terms of his overall impact, and over the course of this season, on both sides of the ball, he was often not helpful. And you know, whether you're looking at, you know, particularly the advanced stats, but often just the eyeball test, you could see right. that. There would be problems with him on the court, but he is one of the few guys on this team that can run an offense. Like you can, you can debate how helpful it is with this team, and you can debate whether you know that is a net positive that skill that he has. But he has it better than anybody on this team, not named LeBron or James. And we saw during the bubble how awful the Laker offense was. You know, in, in the restart period, I should say, before Rondo got back and for certain periods against Portland, but especially during that restart. And I know I said a few times, you know, on, on podcasts or, or things like that, when you and I were talking, they miss Rondo like they miss that skill set. Even if you think like I know this is something you've said before, that you think the, the point guardy skills that he has are overrated. Or, you know, that that skill in general in today's NBA, you know, it doesn't really exist the way it does 10 years ago. Whatever. Nobody they else. Still, really, they don't have anybody else in the They rock. don't have anybody they do else. Right. And then tonight, you know, Rondo definitely 
has, on balance, defensive issues, and there's going to be times less is more. Tonight, though, yeah. he created a lot of havoc for Houston. You know, he, he got five steals, but it wasn't counting stat steals. No, These were often the results of Rondo inside, doing really good things. Inside, the, 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 where Rondo really gets in trouble and causes trouble is it's, it's like when he goes assist hunting on yeah. the offensive side, when he goes steal hunting on the defensive side, when he tries to be sneaky rather than part of the system. Most of the steals that he got, I mean, there was the one in the second half where he bodies up Westbrook and, and picks his pocket. Most of the steals that Rondo got were dropping down a level, um, you know, following the path of the ball, anticipating a skip pass, whatever it might be. That's where most of those turnovers came from. Uh, hold on one second. What can I do for you, buddy? Need anything? Okay. You want to go lie down? Okay. That hey, happens buddy. sometimes when you have uh, children is they wander uh, downstairs and they want to talk to you. So, but like when Rondo is doing that, it's, it's all good. It's when he starts to kind of get outside the system, but he's not nearly a good enough defender anymore to be able to do that stuff. What, this was when people talk like when people talk about what he does and how he can impact the game, we saw all the positive tonight and virtually none of the negative. Um, yeah, and I, I think what you're going to be looking for if you're a Laker fan, <laughs> it's true, get your kids under control. That's right? true, you're right. Um, the, the, the worry that Laker fans have had all season, and you know, I mean, you can stretch this back to last year with Luke and Rondo, is Rondo is a guy around the league who has incredible respect. I mean, we've seen it among his teammates in the locker room. He gets respect. Among the coaches, I guess, except the ones that he feuds with. But uh, but assuming he's not feuding with that coach, they respect the hell out of him. And he is genuinely among the smartest players you will ever be around. I mean, like, in terms of just his overall intelligence or intelligence on the court. Like, when, when a guy like LeBron considers yeah, you... No, I mean, you're legit. Like you at your Absolutely. level. You are you're, legit. You're legit. So the what you're looking for, I think, is a Laker fan terms of keeping yourself calm with those presence we've seen he's somebody that gets laker fans nervous in a hurry how much leeway will frank vogel give rajon rondo just by virtue of him being a veteran you know what i mean like like the idea that he will get more space for playing badly than say caruso would get with mistakes right. that aren't as bad as what Rondo's doing, like that type of thing. Sure, and I, I think, and I, or how much leeway does he get when in those moments when he's not playing well? Like you know, that's game, exactly what I'm talking about. Right, game one, he was in in part because Caruso had foul trouble. I mean, and that extreme was extreme foul trouble, right? And it was it was an issue. Game two, he was in because he was playing well, and yeah. he needed to be in. I mean, so you know, some extra leash is probably to be expected. But not necessarily. You, you just—it's it, a feel thing, and you know. And from a Frank Vogel standpoint, you need something to drink. Okay. Here, here's the question: Like in terms of oh, the leash, go ahead. And anybody who has a dog will understand this. There's two types of leashes you can have. You can have those like nylon, just leashes. You know, they're just—they're just like a normal leash. However long it is, is however long it is, and it doesn't have extra slack. There's also those extendo leashes. Right, where the, guy, the dog is basically, you're not really walking the dog right. at that point. You're, the just, dog can sometimes you're just providing some sort of right. perimeter. Like the the dog right. can be like 15, 20 feet ahead or at behind. At least you. yards. Yeah, yards. I mean, the one that we have for our dog, there's at times where we're, we're, 
we're like on a different block. Yeah, but your dog's really legs are this. You have a tiny dog. Your dog's legs are tiny. So I mean, like right. by your dog's standards, that dog is forty yards away. That dog exactly. is a is a fly pattern exactly. away from exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. So what right. type of leash is it? And so tonight we saw, you know, this is. T- I thought Sunday's game was was a reminder of the way that Frank Vogel did it throughout the season. You know, we talked about just sort of the rotations and it's been a big thing. And they, we, I mentioned at the top of the show, they went small out of circumstance, but also out of Frank Vogel's sort of pressing buttons. JaVale McGee out of the game, um, turned an ankle, correct, Andy? They, they went and they were doing MRI, I believe, yeah, on getting an ankle. ankle. Yeah. Um, and... Dwight and Javale, Howard actually, I thought Javale had played okay in his minutes. He did okay. I mean, like, again, half. it's it's not about it's not about um, points and this and that's about you know are you having an impact? Obviously, he wasn't hurting anything because they got off to a really good start. Uh, no, I, I thought actually, again, it was small. It was a small uh, appearance, but I actually thought Javale played fine. So you know, and Dwight Howard ended up not playing, and so you look at it and you say, are the Lakers going small? Are they are they giving up? Are you know? Because in the in the in the preview for this series, Andy, we talked a lot about with Kelly Eco on our on our Land Lakers podcast. We've talked about it on this show. A lot of this series is about who can get the other team to kind of blink from what they want to do. The Rockets have less flexibility in lineups they can deploy, but the principle is the same. And so you see Morris come out and play tonight. No Dwight Howard at all. You think, aha, the Lakers are going small, um, and they're bending sort of to what Houston wants to do. Yes and no. Uh, second half, they're doing it because JaVale's not there. He can't play. And they were in part riding that hot hand uh, because Markeith Morris played so well, easily the best game he's had since coming to the Lakers. So this is what Frank Vogel did all year long, which is feel out a game, use that bench, kind of mix and match. One guy, one night, one guy, another night. And tonight he hit the right buttons in terms of leaning on Rondo, leaning on Morris. The question is, can you do that through an entire series? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting though. I, I was thinking about this in terms of the Lakers. I, I think LeBron put it as they played in between tonight, you know, in terms right. of you know, really going small versus the way they typically play with three legit big men. I was thinking about it though, if if they're in this middle ground the way they played tonight, where it was largely uh Anthony Davis, Kuz, and Marquis. You combine that with LeBron, they're still a lot bigger than the Rockets anyway. I mean, yeah, no, there, there's almost no lineup they can put but, out. That but won't but I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about it, though, really that way until watching this game. And, and, I mean, it's something that isn't necessarily that profound. I'm just saying I hadn't really thought about it that way because the Lakers typically play so much bigger than the rest of the league that when they go away from that, you tend to think of it as going small, but you forget the idea that they're bigger. And particularly against this team, they're still bigger. Um, it's, it's part of what's fascinating about this series is because you know you can kind of break down like they come out in the third quarter, Houston does, and nail three straight three-pointers. And the lead goes down from 16 to whatever that is, 16 to 7 in like two and a half seconds. And you're like, oh my God, they got to pull JaVale off the floor and this and that. JaVale comes off the floor and the Rockets continue to hit three-pointers. Like they are, they are, they are going to- And then we found out that it was 
likely because he turned his ankle anyway. Right, but, <laughs> I mean, but either way, we didn't, it, know, it, we didn't know in the moment. Right, we didn't know, and one clearly didn't stop. Like, oh, well, they they can't do it with the two bigs out there. They have to change how they're playing defense. Well, they did. Ha- they changed how they were playing defense, and it still didn't work. And and I, you know, Frank Vogel addressed this after the game. I asked a couple players about it. Part of what playing Houston means, and the Lakers benefited from it in in the in the first quarter, where Houston was missing a lot of threes, and they weren't necessarily you know, super tightly guarded or highly contested. They missed a lot of open shots. In the third quarter, they made every open shot, and they did a great job moving the ball. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Rockets, but part of playing the Rockets is understanding that these flurries are going to come. And what we saw with the Lakers in the third quarter offensively, I thought was the part that was really interesting because when the the Rockets start pumping in three-pointers and they start piling up points, all of a sudden the Lakers get really impatient on the other end, and they start – taking early clock shots and they either whether to try to sort of slow Houston down, they're not running as much. They're thinking Danny green said after the game, like when they make shots, we still got to go, we got to go, go, go. And we can't stop just because they're making shots. And it's not just about fast breaks. It's about getting up the floor and playing with pace thrust. Well, I remember, I, as I, remember Rob you, says. I remember you and I used to talk about all the time. We covered the, uh, the Kobe Powell era. And, you know, those teams that went to the finals three straight years, won two championships. By definition, we're talking about an elite team, you know, an elite core. We used to say all the time that we had never seen a team that used to use up so much of the shot clock accomplishing absolutely nothing. Or like, or like remember, we, we, we used to joke all the time that like no team in the league used to risk eight second violations oh more than God. those late. Like we, we were watching like Lamar or Fish or Kobe like just crawl the ball. Fish would re- Fish would remind me periodically of that scene in Airplane where where Johnny unplugs the the lights on the airport just says just kidding and plugs them back in. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, and he's like standing there. And he like jumps over the line at seven and a half. Just kidding. I mean, we all the time we were like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like Get up the floor, right? So and and again, that's a team. That was championship caliber, not necessarily built to run, but the point—the point I'm getting at though—is often really good teams forget to get into yeah. their offense to actually get going to like use the time you're on the court efficiently. What's in and for this team in particular, Andy? We saw it again. First quarter was fueled. I mean, it, it was more obvious in the first quarter because they were causing turnovers. And again, we we mentioned the stat earlier. Uh, that the Lakers really reverse that points off turnovers thing tonight. The Rockets, Rockets had 16 turnovers, I believe, in Game One, and it didn't matter. Tonight they had seven, 17 turnovers, and Lakers turned it into 27 points. That's really the margin well, of victory. Well, I mean, that live ball turnover thing we talked about during Game One. Applied to Houston in the first quarter. Absolutely, yeah. that was the that was what was going on in the first quarter, particularly with Rondo. And so you know you saw that, and then what the game really shifted again in the fourth quarter when the Lakers had that three-minute stretch or whatever it was, when the ball was just flying up the court. And again, it's they were in this case, they were finishing at the rim. But mostly it's about don't let Houston get into a defense where you can then put P.J. Tucker down and let him get set, and the Lakers get kind of goaded into this sort of slow, uh, isolate AD thing or whatever. Get the flipping ball up the court and, and, and play with some pace. And, you know, the, those Lakers were – back then were much better in the half court. Like, this is a bad half court team. We oh, saw yeah. it again tonight. We, when the Rockets caught up, 
it's be, it was in those stretches where the Lakers became a half court team. And so they can't let it happen. Well, I mean, um, in particular, they, they have to be a half court. Well, they they got to move. And they also have to be a half court team with purpose. Like Anthony Davis tonight, who was spectacular, his mid range game 34 was points, really, 10 rebounds, four assists, plus a block. Right. He, he had his mid range jumper going, and in particular, he had his turnaround going. Or he would drive from that mid-range position, or he'd sometimes pump fake at the top of the arc, then start driving. But we saw tonight, like, you can play AD out of the post as a pivot you want to, as long as it's going to be for quick decisions. Like, the idea of having him down on the block to be the guy that you're running the offense through, leave that to LeBron. And even against this Houston defense, I, I would pick the spots where you do it, despite the fact that LeBron's so good at it just because they have a lot of guys who are very good at dealing with posting up. Right. But that should be right. LeBron's it's worth, worth It's worth pointing out, Andy. Like, the Rockets are short. They are not small, necessarily. And so they get the idea that you can just post – AD was hitting a lot of – those turnaround shots he was hitting for mid-range got harder and harder as the game went on. Like, you can't – I don't think you can just sit there and post up AD all game long because the Rockets are small. I, I agree with you. No, just, but, but we have we have, however, seen though. Uh, if you combine, let me find this number that uh, at Unwritten Rules um, put out on Twitter in the playoffs. Anthony Davis is now shooting sixty one percent from mid range on six attempts per. For reference, Kawhi is at forty seven and a half on five attempts, and we've seen Kawhi is a damn monster in right, the mid range. We, we make a big deal out of it. AD's mid range jumper this season has not been great. But what we're seeing now is if he's consistently being guarded by guys seven inches shorter than him, he'll be able to hit those shots. He can shoot over. Yeah. I, it's, I, the, it is a, I, I, I've heard people say, you know, you know, you can take advantage of the, of the matchups. Like the Lakers can use their size. You know, with JaVale and Dwight, particularly in transition, I think. But like the minute you start to get something into the half court, then you don't want to go to those guys for anything no. other than lobs, let JaVale, who moves very well without the ball, let JaVale dive to the basket on a pick and roll, whatever sure. it might be. Um, and so that's sort of the thing. Like, and, and even with Anthony Davis, there can be that temptation to – to see that, oh, he's being guarded by somebody five inches shorter than him and not do the work of getting him to the spot where you can take right. advantage of that or where the cutter can. There were a couple of really good plays in the first quarter where he's posted up and the Lakers ran cuts around him so that the Rockets couldn't load up there. And then Davis can, you know, you can run him through the post. But it's like if they just drop the ball off and stand still, which is kind of what happened sort of in the, in the third quarter, and in their worst half court moments, it's not gonna it's not gonna go well. So they got to keep moving. Like it's it's you know, they they always have to be moving. That was the point I mean, that Danny Green made. Speaking of moving, um, the the defense that they played first, second, and fourth quarter was terrific. Yep. Third quarter they had some issues, and it, it really hit me both hearing like LeBron and Anthony Davis talk after the game about just how precise what they need to do is in terms of the rotations. Like I asked. Anthony specifically after the game, like what was different in that one quarter? And he said that they just weren't getting the rotations uh, down and hitting those spots the way they needed to. The way they, they were trying to trap Harden, but also Westbrook and even Eric Gordon against that type of spread offense, 
is really hard. It's hard. It worked. It's they they had some hard. success early in the game, but Houston, to their credit, adjusted to it, and as it went on, it became less effective. Yeah, I mean they they still they still managed to pull it off in spots, and look, some of those some of the time they're gonna miss they're gonna miss a rotation, and Houston's gonna miss the shot anyway. I mean, you know, that's the way this stuff works. They definitely, though, I think were really effective at bothering Houston over the course of this game. And you saw, like I think you had mentioned earlier, Rondo at times was picking up Harden like 94 feet the way Avery Bradley would if he were available in this series. And he's definitely the best the Lakers have at uh-huh. doing that one. Yeah. But it's just it, – tonight's game really me just an appreciation of how hard defense is in the modern NBA. Like it just – it's really – difficult to cover that ground particularly against a team that doesn't just have shooters but actually has in Harden Westbrook and even Eric Gordon three guys who can move the ball yeah, like, like and, a, and even but even the guys who aren't the guards you know PJ Tucker is a very good I mean he's not putting the ball on the floor and you know move but like he makes the right pass sees it makes it whatever house is a good like all of their guys make that pass I mean, look, this is a good team. And, you know, I was listening to Harden a little bit on uh, ESPN. Um, uh, I was listening to Harden on ESPN talking about um, the the way that, that Houston was playing and what went wrong and all these things. And he just talked about the defense, the defense, the defense, the defense. And, you know, Houston has been effective in this postseason in part because they've been so effective on that side of the ball. And tonight I didn't think – you know, there were moments, you know, I think a lot of their problems were um, based on turnovers. So that's to some degree bad offense. You know, again, 27 points off turnovers. For, like, you can't let the Lakers have that. The Lakers shot 44% from three-point range. That's not going to happen very often. But when you you know, when you look at it from Harden's perspective, Lakers shot 57%. Like that, that Houston is not going to win games in this series if they, if they let the Lakers do that. I mean, you know, I think you can sit at home if you're a Rockets fan and look at it and say, I mean, I'm looking at this, AD was 15 of 24. LeBron was 10 of 17, made it to the line 10 times. They got six of eight from Morris. They got um, you know, the, the good performance from uh, Rondo. They got six of seven from Kuzma. All that stuff, and Houston was still in it in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, I think you take all of that home from the Rockets' perspective – as encouraging, like that, this is going to be a is not going to be a cakewalk four game series, five game series, obviously not a four game series, but like it's not going to be a short series. Like, you know, I agree. Thank, thank you, by the way, to the Nathan Mark, his comment. Good work, BK, getting Jason Statham on the pod tonight. Stop sucking up that to makes Andy, me happy. Nathan that Mark. makes me very, very happy. It, That's it, my, it's nice. Hey, this I is, true story one time in Target. Some stranger uh-huh. ran me down through this target. He was like looking all over the place, holding a Jason Statham DVD to mm-hmm. point out just how much I look like the dude, my hero, the, the guy that I have, I have convinced myself I'm aging into. So you know what? Tell that rando in target that but I don't look like Jason One Statham. random in target does not mean you're a dead ringer for Jason Statham. I'm not my, looking, Andy. Jason my Statham, mother-in-law I understand, I understand why you would claim him. I understand. I mean, not just a rugged handsomeness. Oh, everyone wants to be. Ru- everyone wants to be ruggedly handsome, and then it's the badass factor. 
Um, I get why you're claiming this. I get why you're clinging to this. It's like everything that I aspire to be that I know that I'm not. Yes, including (laughs) ruggedly handsome and a badass. Well, I mean, I will take. You're not an ugly. You're not an ugly man. That's not my point. But I'm just saying. No, I'll take. You know, you can do worse. Totally. Totally. Maybe maybe even one day I'll age into a lower middle class, (laughs) as opposed to just poor. But either way, um, thank you right, to, uh, thank the Nathan you Mark. to the Nathan Mark all the way from New Zealand, I believe. Yes. Uh, interesting comment from uh, Johnny Barry. I do think the longer the series goes, the better the Lakers will defend. Um, I, I think there is some truth to that. I, I also think the, the, that the Rockets are, you know, they, they, they pose real problems for the Lakers. And the, and the key is if they can defend – as they have been so far in the playoffs, this was you know fifty-seven percent is not going to do it. Um, I, I then I think they're they're going to be okay. I mean, the other thing that that we didn't talk about in terms of reasons for the Rockets to feel better about tonight is that Russell Westbrook was awful. I mean, he was yes, really he bad. Was. I mean, there, like there was. Yeah, there I, was I know that, exactly uh, where you're going with this. You're there right. Was that moment in the third. I think it was the third quarter. Um, it was in the second half for sure where uh, Rajon Rondo got called for a blocking foul against Westbrook. And it would have been Westbrook's fifth foul if it had been a charge. And Frank Vogel challenged the call. And they ended up winning. And I, I tweeted this out during the game. You know, on one hand, you know, Ro- Russell Westbrook getting five fouls is a big deal for Houston. On the other hand, if you're the Lakers, the way he's playing tonight, do you want him to get a fifth foul? As well as like, Rondo do, do played, you, was Russell you, Westbrook the best guard the Lakers had in the first half? I mean, it, Westbrook not an was just – question. You know, he is – and I said this also during the game. He is, for better and worse over his career, maybe the most relentless player I've ever seen in the NBA. Right. You, you, um, you saw the bad end of that tonight. So, I, before we go, I want to I want to ask a little bit about the – you know, we we talked a little bit about the sort of the big small thing and whether or not is that really what the Lakers are doing. I I think I do get the impression that Vogel's inclination is to go smaller more than large. We'll, we'll see. But we'll I'm, see. I'm, I mean, I, again, and, and there are numbers that that a lot of people put in putting out that show they're better off playing big tonight. It worked out. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is because there are times, you know, when in this, particularly in the half court offense, where at the very least it looks problematic, like when Dwight's out there because you don't want to put the ball down in the post. I will say this: the rebounding thing has not been nearly the advantage no. that people thought it would be for the Lakers tonight. They out rebounded Houston uh, forty-one six. to thirty-five, which isn't crazy. Houston was, uh, you know, pretty effective on the offensive glass. You know, eight offensive rebounds for Houston, only nine for the Lakers, and the the rebounding really margin really comes from. Well, I mean, to some degree, the Lakers aren't going to have, have a ton of offensive rebounds when they shoot fifty seven percent. Correct, but the, and some of the total rebounding margin is because the Lakers shot fifty six percent, fifty six and a half percent, and the Rockets shot forty five. So, I mean, that's part of it as well. My when you put all that together, the Lakers are not dominating the glass. Is all I'm saying. No, no, I and I will admit, I, I expected a bit more of a disparity. I think everyone did. You know, I mean, it's similar to the way Rondo's minutes in Game One. You know, the Caruso foul trouble Game Two. He played just really well. The idea of we don't know exactly how Vogel will use Rondo on a typical basis, just because 
both examples were really extreme in terms right. of circumstance. Tonight, in terms of what Vogel really plans to do, it's hard to know because, you know, he had said that he went into this game planning to play Dwight. Like, you know, Vogel says that he always tells guys if he's not going to be playing them. You know, I imagine Dwight was as surprised as anybody. I don't I'm not saying that he was upset or anything, but I, I imagine he was surprised. It'll be interesting to see how if extreme circumstances don't emerge like, you know, JaVale's, JaVale's injury and so then also just how well Forrest was playing. But right. we, also, we also don't know if Frank Vogel was actually telling us the truth. Right, because you he know, has like, not said shit to us this entire correct. time. And he's not going to be like, yeah, you know, just, I mean, like, the, the correct answer to that question is, oh, yeah, of course Dwight was going to play. You, you could ask for, Vogel. For, for all kinds of reasons, the correct answer is, you know, so you don't tip your hand to Houston, so you don't make Dwight upset. Like, the correct answer is Dwight would have played if not for a fantastic performance from the other guy. And like, so, but that doesn't mean he's telling the truth. No, I mean, Vogel, and I think we've made this very clear all year, and this uh, reflects the coverage of Vogel. He is among the nicest coaches I've ever been around. And, and very, the, and been very honest during the regular right, season. And very accommodating. He has not been helpful no. in the playoffs in terms of no, what today, we do right Today now. in the pregame, I asked, I said, Frank, are you wearing pants? And he's like, I'm not going to get into whether or not I'm wearing pants or shorts. Uh, under this shirt, I, below this shirt, I'm not. Gonna, I'm just not going to get into. I don't want to reveal that. We can't. For people who don't know, we can't, can't see, see it. it's on Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. We and and Vogel's not standing. He's he's sitting. He's, that's so you, right. So you can't tell. Keeping yeah, his he, lower hat. It could be Andy business on the top, party on the bottom, and we have no idea. I'm going to go out on the limb and say with Frank Vogel, there's no Probably way. Probably not a, not a party on the bottom. But I think you know. Frank Vogel's business at the bottom is very, or party at the bottom is very similar to his business at the top. <laughs> so <laughs> so you're saying he was wearing a second shirt when I asked him that question. I just, Vogel, remember Vogel said that uh, after the Lakers closed out their series early, you know, they had a bunch of nights off unexpectedly. And uh, I think it was the Sunday heading into this week. Uh, they had had a pizza party. That's the way Frank Vogel described it. It was, it was a pizza party. said that he and Tanya Gangul down in the bubble covering the Lakers for the LA Times confirmed this. Pizza is hard to come by inside the bubble for whatever reason. It, it, it's just difficult to get. And Vogel, I didn't know this till now, loves pizza. He's a, not shocking, he's a pepperoni and cheese guy. Keeps it simple. But uh, he loves him some pizza and hasn't had much uh, down in the bubble. So they had a pizza party. I imagine for Frank Vogel, a pizza party is a wild party. <laughs> like that's the type of party. Really, if that you have like multiple toppings on each pie, like, like you know, know, like like he really lets it down. Let's, you know, well, let's put some some pepperoni and some sausage and some olives on that like, bad boy. I am guessing a little Parmesan. That pizza party was very similar to Frank Vogel's bachelor party. Like there's not much difference in one or the other. He's not a wild man. Ooh, he's not, no. he's struck me as a wild man. All right. So last question I want to ask before we go. Um, obviously, we're two games in. The series is tied at one. Both games, uh, you know, Houston, I think, took the Lakers by surprise a little bit in game one. But game two was certainly very competitive after a terrible start for the Rockets. Um, did you on the preview? Did you say five or six? I forget. I said five. Okay, so you said five, I said six, but I was if you'd asked me, and I just tweeted this out, I would have said because I, I always like to put series in these contexts. 
game, I say Lakers and six, but if you made me choose, I'd say five before I'd say seven. Now, after two games, if you made me choose, I'd reverse that. Um, okay. Because I just think that Houston is going to be more consistently competitive in these games um, than than before. I'm still, I still think six is going to be the number. What about you? You obviously took five. That's a a a, a, hall, a harder or, hall now. Well, than I was going to say four. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's off the table. Um, no, they could still I, win it in five. No, I was going to say four versus six. Um, right. No, they can't sweep. I still think four in a row is possible. I agree because with you. It, because I, agree. I think I think the best version of the Lakers is better than the best version of the Rockets. Yes. And while I think the Rockets, you know, they they played very well in game one, and I, I've been a Rockets skeptic, but I also know what they're capable of at the top of their game. I just don't always trust them to be at the top of their game because their offense is so dependent on hitting threes. Right. And all and also, too, you know, we, we were reminded of, of this tonight where Frank Vogel, maybe because circumstances handed it to him, but he made some adjustments in the way the Lakers played tonight and the personnel that he put on the floor. Yes. The Rockets are, by design, not capable of adjusting. Not they can much. only do, they can only execute better. They can't really make adjustments. And I think that is a serious issue to have in the playoffs. So I still think it is possible the Lakers could reel off the next three and be done with it. If it I is had possible. To get, yeah. If I had to guess now, I would say Lakers in six, just because four in a row is really hard, as opposed to just winning four games in a series. Four in a row is hard. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it comes down to, I think ultimately it comes down to, you know, you assume Westbrook is going to have at least one or two games where he's significantly better than he was today. I mean, that's, um, you know, I, I think those are things that you just sort of count on happening. But the flip sure. side is the Lakers can do things better and 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 all of that as well. If the it really comes down to can the Rockets take care of the ball and can they play defense at the kind of level that they have throughout most of this playoffs? And if they do that, they have a chance. Sure. I think ultimately what swings it for the Lakers and then what swings the possibility throughout the playoffs is they have the ability to keep a team like Houston to 17 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like that was like what they did down the stretch. Is and for you know that was that sort of my last thing, um, you know that oh, why I think the Rockets are not going to win this series. Also, I do think it could be hard, and I think they could make. I think they could put a lot of worry into the Lakers along the way. I, it's not impossible. It's not what I'm. It's not right now what I'm guessing will happen, but I don't think it's impossible. We also though, I mean, in terms of problems, we've really seen like the Rockets are just not equipped to stop AD. No, they just—he is going to be an issue for them. Yeah. This entire and that's probably series. baked into their evaluation of everything that's coming. No doubt. No doubt. All right, so uh, game three, three, which traditionally follows game two, mm-hmm. um, is Tuesday night. Um, yes, it a is. Reminder to everyone. Yes, uh, we are coming back. Like these shows are going to be sort of. Happening, but different. Like, we'll be on after every Laker game, but it's going to be a little different. We're bringing back the late night happy hour starting on Yes, Tuesday. we are. Uh, great set of of, uh, of guests lined up for our first week, and we'll just keep piling up uh, piling up every night, 10 p.m., Monday through Friday. The late night happy hour returns on this uh, this here Twitter feed, yes, Periscope feed, 
we're we'll really Facebook excited. Live, all that stuff. Tuesday night, we will be talking NBA, though. Our guest uh, will be Ben Lyons. So tons of NBA talk, tons of Lakers talk. So please come back for that. Uh, stick with us for all the other guests that we'll be having, obviously during the NBA playoffs in particular. Lots of NBA, lots of Lakers, what we'll do in football. We'll mix in all that good stuff. Yep. The NFL, the NFL, Andy, starts next weekend. Actually, no, it starts Thursday, right? Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. Man, it's hard. But anyway, it's, let me look this up real quick. We so, should no, know I this think, thing. I think it's fantasy draft is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right. So, yes, yes, it does. So, <laughs> Clearly, both of us need to do a little studying. I, yes, I think that's probably true. So, uh, late night happy hour every night, 10 o'clock. Uh, same way you've gotten into this show, you'll get into that show. Uh, NBA talk, Lakers talk, all that. Thanks again to Delicious Pizza, 20% off when you tell them the Cam Brothers sent you either uh, using that online or when you call it in at either of their locations, West Adams and Sunset. I had some this weekend. It is delicious. Uh, they're not making that up. Uh, we'll see everybody Tuesday. Have a great night. Everyone.